Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Beyond the Optics podcast with your host Tulip Nandu. I'm a computational biologist at UT Southwestern Medical Center, an avid traveler, a blogger, and now a podcast host. Similar to my role as a researcher, which expects me to take an in-depth look at the projects I'm working on, I'm also curious to go beyond the optics for everything that is happening around and to leverage that knowledge to challenge the status quo and think from a different perspective. This podcast is an attempt by me to put the information out there and spark a curiosity amongst the listeners to go beyond the optics and not take the material they are fed at face value. Today at the start of the new year, we at Beyond the Optics podcast are doing this episode a bit differently. Rather than educating ourselves from the views and learnings of adults, we are going to hear from a preteen kid on how he sees the world from his lens and what changes he would want to bring about. We all know children see the world quite differently than adults do. The world is new to them. They're experiencing so many firsts and trying to make sense of them. When we seek out their point of view, we gain valuable insights into their thinking, their questions, their fears, and the things that tickle their fancy and delight them. It also makes them feel valued and empowered to have their opinions listened to, and it helps build their self-esteem. Youth is often characterized by uncertainty and risk. Effective strategies are needed to resolve these concerns. Young people have a body of experience unique to their situation, and they have views and ideas that derive from this experience. They are social actors with skills and capacities to bring about constructive resolutions to their own problems. Participation promotes the well-being and development of young people. It is by questioning, expressing their views, and having their opinions taken seriously that young people develop skills, build competencies, acquire confidence, and form aspirations. It is a virtuous cycle. The more opportunities a young person has for meaningful participation, the more experienced and competent he or she becomes. This allows for more effective participation, which in turn enhances development. With this view in mind, my next guest on the pod is Neil Desai, who is 11 years old, and today he shall be sharing with us how he sees the world going forward. So thank you, Neil, for being such a sport and coming on the podcast. It's great to have you. It's great for me to be here. So Neil, can you give a brief introduction about yourself? I'm Neil Desai, and I'm 11 years old. I go to school at Forster Middle School, and I am in the sixth grade. My, I enjoy reading books, listening to podcasts, and playing outside with my friends. My classes I take are, I take orchestra as my hobby subject, hobby, and I have language arts as well. In language arts, we normally learn about poetry and read books. My, our, in our science, we learn about different scientists and what they did, and then the topic, like density, minerals, periodic table, and others. In our math, we go along with subjects on fractions, multiplication of fractions, pi, circumference, and more stuff like that. Awesome. Neil, of all the things that you're learning right now, be it math, science, that is more technical, or even in literature, 
or arts that you're learning, what do you think will be the most useful when you are an adult? I think the most useful thing I'm learning is a STEM class I'm taking. I think this is the most useful because it allows me to create things in my head and then bring them onto paper. For example, a couple of weeks ago, we had to design and make a foot orthosis. A foot orthosis is an object used to prevent people from standing on their tippy toes. So we designed it, made it with the materials given and presented it. That's why I think it's the most important thing I'm learning. Very good. So how would you change the world if you could, like if you're given the opportunity, hey, Neil, let's change the world, you know, bring your friends along and let's change this world. What would you do? So I would like everyone to be taught um, from the beginning as a child, a good moral. So not taking advantage of other people, like not. So yeah, it's because basically with that kind of, with that kind of world, everyone would be, more equally balanced and just on a fair playing field. Pretty good. So if you could make one rule that everyone in the world had to follow, what rule would you make it and why? One rule I would try to make is that you must have one activity in your daily life that engages your prefrontal cortex. So we can become a more progressive society as a whole. For example, you could meditate because that is engaging off unconscious behavior and making it conscious by focusing on your breath. Another one I just like to think is consciously blinking because we all do it very unconsciously. So if you consciously blink, that's also engaging your prefrontal cortex. Very neat. So where did you study about the prefrontal cortex? So I study about the prefrontal cortex. Me and my dad have talks about it. Wow. And I watched a TV show and TED Talks about it. Interesting. So you listen to a lot of TED Talks and what's so engaging about the TED Talks? Yeah, go ahead. The TED Talks taught me about the different ages when neurons are formed, they stop getting formed, and they're at their highest peak of forming. And they also taught me again, so why you should be doing all of this, like, why do you want to just engage those neurons and continue studying and learning? Wow. I know most of us have had this crisis of COVID first time in the sense uh, of that magnitude. And I assume in your 11 years, you've never had or never experienced such crisis before. So let me ask you a couple of questions uh, pertaining to those and how it's changed your view. I assume you were last year or pretty much the best part of a couple of years you were in virtual school and now you're going back to in-school classes, if I get that correctly. So which do you prefer and why? So yeah, you're correct. And I prefer in person as I feel like you interact with your teacher more, you can ask more questions, as well as you can talk to your students and peers more, like peer edits or and just make friends in general and socialize. So why, why do you think that is going to help you in, in future? And right now, why, why do you think it's helping you like interacting with your friends and with teachers more? Just when you interact with your friends, you can learn something new from them. As well as if you're interacting with your teacher, the teacher can correct any mistakes you made. Like 
and give you more advice than if it was just on a meeting where you wouldn't able to talk to a teacher privately. Very nice. So have you seen a difference in, in family communication during this time of pandemic or before the pandemic, how you and your parents interacted with each other? And also during the pandemic, considering that most of the time you were at home uh, with your parents who were probably working from home. So do you see any changes that has brought about in your family uh, communication? For sure. I mean, sometimes if I've got questions, now I just immediately go ask them if, if I need help with anything. And before I would just be waiting or asking my teacher or looking online to f try and figure out, like, learn about it. Or I would have to, like, call a teacher, which may not even be there. So, yeah, for sure. So what do you prefer? Like, I, pre I prefer to when they're at home because I can talk to them more, see them more, you know, mm -hmm. in general. Okay. Oh, yeah. I so my dad used to come home really late from work. Mm -hmm. And now because he's at home, his commute time is like a minute to get right. from upstairs to the dining room table. Yeah, it's convenience. True, very true. So how could you prepare in the future, you know, if some similar crisis hits us? So, I mean, just to try and, so as soon as like we hear about it, that this could happen, try and become extremely cautious or more cautious than we had been. So, you know, yeah, prepare, like in the sense, try and find out a little bit sooner, or do a bit more research on it, and then be a bit more cautious in like the first wave which happened, maybe if we were a bit more cautious. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, how can you be more cautious? Like what presets do you set for yourself? Say, for example, if uh, I were going to say next year is going to be some financial crisis, you know, that's going to hit the world or even say 10 years from now, there are going to be some other crisis. If, if you have given that time period of like, say a few years, what preparations according to you would you do? starting from today and going five years from now or 10 years from now? I would probably like to almost just, if there was going to be a financial crisis, like warn people about, like warn people that there's going to be a financial crisis and you may want to like create, just, you know, make a savings or make mm -hmm. that rainy ding savings, put savings, put a bit more into it because things could happen, so. Yeah, very nice. Well, it was great chatting with you, Neil, and thank you so much for being a part of my podcast. Thank Michael. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for staying till the end and listening to the podcast. I hope you have enjoyed as much as I have bringing it to you. Please share it with your family and friends who would want to use this information to challenge the status quo and think from a different perspective. For more bite-sized information, follow me on Twitter at TulipSNandu and to receive interesting take on current topics, subscribe to my newsletter at tulip.substack.com. Until next time, go beyond the optics, friends.